Welcome to the warranty, where we discuss the terms and conditions of the guaranteed adventure. This is our Maplewood after show. Yeah. So we after. have wrapped up Maplewood. It is done. It's all done. I am no longer your GM, Tim. I am now your warranty officer, Ooh. Tim, as Official. I now facilitate Hot. the discussion around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we know where Kyle, how all Kyle right. feels. All right. Well, one of these questions, let's just hop right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're just going to talk about the uh, Maplewood as a whole. We have some questions here submitted by um, listeners, I believe. Uh, we also have phones available and open for uh, calling. It is um, 8675209 to call in. Oh, 209. Is it what? what, what did <laughs> I say? 309. Oh, it is 309, isn't it? Oh, I guess I should. So the whole, everybody's here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we could introduce everybody. I'm okay. Seth. I played Otis Segrain, but really it was Clover. <laughs> Clover. <laughs> are we going out of order now? Are we yeah, doing... we're going out of order. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Kyle. Perfect. I played Jean Auton. Jean. And I will Jean. never French accent as Jean Auton again. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you French accent a different character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other Seth, and I played Quill Graybell. And I'm Nathan, going last this time, which feels weird. Right. <laughs> but And I played Bertram Honksleaf. And Bertram Honksleaf. And. I actually did have a plot-related question. Ooh, all right. What actually happened to Clover, to Beckett? To, to Otis's Beckett. dad. So, Beckett was um, pretty much manning the shop as uh, during the time of the Great Calamity. And so Hasselpaw was really the one who was uh, in the workshop doing the experiments with the shards of creation and everything. Beckett was slowly like not wanting to continue that research because he saw like the different he was starting to hear the voices too of different things and he that freaked him out. And so he decided to man their shop, which was in uh another like it was outside of the scorched grove and so when the great calamity hit like the shop got just absolutely ruined and he got pretty seriously injured um which was like why he uh like died uh nine years later something like that um but he always he always felt like he uh wanted to go back to clover and see him again he followed clover very very closely through his uh acrobatic career so always kind of Felt bad about not being a great dad. Kind of sad. Hmm. Too bad. Too bad. So sad. All right. Looks like we no have dad. a caller. We do. <laughs> we do. Don't, oh. Seth, do we have a caller? We do. We do actually have a caller on uh, line one. Oh, a familiar number. Hi, guys. This is uh, Sammy. Um, I saw my mom's cell phone. I just asked this question. <laughs> oh, hello, Sammy. Oh, hello. Sammy. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back, hey, Sammy. Um, Tim, uh, what was one of your favorite moments as the GM? Oh, great question, Sammy. Uh, probably my favorite moment as a GM was uh, when you all decided to turn around and uh, <laughs> go back 
to Marshview yeah. in <laughs> episode, I think that was two. <laughs> and just completely derail the story? Completely derail. So I had a ton of stuff planned <laughs> as far as uh, like what's going to be in different towns and where different clues uh, might be left. And I very accidentally, not accidentally, I did it on purpose, but... I made a uh, one of our characters. I think it was Jean's like Frost Rock. I like, made him appear. Very yeah. strong bait. Yep, right. and it was just kind of it was too strong. Didn't realize how strong that would be. Yeah, yep. The During... fact it was also Bertram's a bit of a yep. Yep. Bertram's <laughs> dad's a bit killer. Of a there. Yeah. Yep. It was. Uh, I it, thought it was about like that a little more. Half the party is kind of like, hey, we have a vendetta against this guy, and he's showing up now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we he's, go. He's a day away. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember talking to you like on the drive home and how you're like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Because <laughs> you were just like, all my plans are yeah, ruined. It's all gone. I have, Starting again. You're like, well, maybe maybe I'll just, oh, no, he got too far ahead. Or <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Honestly, though, I think it it made a way better story than what I was going to do. So for yeah. what I had planned initially. So. It all yeah, worked out. That's great. why it's become my favorite because I was like, it's a good learning lesson for me. So, so I'm not sorry. So mm-hmm. no, you take it, you take it back. Don't be sorry. sorry. Don't be sorry. Thanks for calling, Sammy. <laughs> uh, okay, we got another call on line four this time. Uh, four uh, caller, what's your question? Hey, I was wondering uh, with uh, with Seth and Tim as the GM so far, what's been the aspect of their respective GMing that the players have uh, enjoyed the most? Oh yes. Oh, well, thank you, caller, for calling in. That's uh, that's a great question. I'm not one that I can answer because mm. well, you can't answer, but in regards to Seth's g- well, jamming. okay, yeah, I guess so. That's true. I can answer that. I won't yet, but I, think <laughs> I could. Yeah. I think um, never having GM'd with Seth before, I really appreciated the. Um, I think you've called it nodule. Like planning that you mm, node based scenario design, the, the node yes, based, node yeah. based, yeah. So I've really uh, enjoyed just hearing about that, and it makes me excited for you know attempting that whenever I run an adventure. Um, but yeah, I'd say like that that was just it. It helped to know like oh, these clues are leading towards something, but I don't necessarily need to chase them right mm. now. Um, and then Tim, I you know we've played together yeah. in other games before, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just like your creativity and off the walls thinking at times so <laughs> just like where did that come from so yeah i mean and it, it, works. Make, it makes yeah it's it great always here. works it's true every time yeah. it never doesn't work ever never <laughs> ever ever i appreciated with tim um your like descriptions of stuff that you'd like prepared beforehand so it was all very descriptive and clear and well put together that's something that i not good at. <laughs> so it was, it was is, nice to see them. Yeah. I think I like um so Seth's uh like the the no base too, because I after kind of related to that first question, after the story got flipped, I was like I kinda of came to Seth, I was like, How do we tell stories? I don't know. It's all gone. And so it was really uh like good to talk with you about that and like how you approached it and everything. So yeah, with that node-based. It's good. Node-based scenario design on the Alexandrian. That's the website you want to go to. A series of articles. Okay. Yes. But I hate reading. I'm sure you could find a text reader. 
Tommy to read it aloud for you sometimes. <laughs> there you go. I just need someone to read me a bedtime story. Of node. <laughs> of node, node-based bedtime story. I'd say, like, one of the things I've kind of liked both about Seth and Tim is just the the willingness for our, I guess, our creativity and our stupid ideas and, like, running with them. <laughs> like, Seth, just kind of with Rattlestead, just, like, the fact that you put established Rebecca as a major <laughs> plot point. <laughs> like, you took what was to start off as a simple joke and was just like, nope, we're taking this. Like, this is a, this is a plot point now. This is, yeah. like, she's now a main, major character. Yeah, because you just, you just walked into the saloon and, like, we're looking for teeth, I think. I don't know if that made the yeah. final cut, but you. I remember you asking that you wanted to look for a fight to see if you could pick up some teeth. Yep. And then I had to yep. figure out why these people were fighting. I'm like, yeah, of course there's a fight. You're going to find teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so they're fighting over a woman. The singer. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that name still gives you PTSD, Seth. <laughs> I have a coworker named Rebecca, so that makes it a little bit hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then like Tim, as well as your ability to just run or to be able to change, like pivot, and what you feel like it may have even been for the better after mm-hmm. like Kyle and I kind of derailed <laughs> yeah. where you were going with just the like, oh, you're doing. Wait, this guy's here. Whoops. <laughs> oh, Bing. yep. It's on our radar now. Change like, the story. <laughs> like. So yeah, both of you guys with your willingness to adapt to what we wanted to do as characters, I thought was like not just like you could have just like railroaded us, mm-hmm. but chose not to. Yeah, turns out Frostrock actually was going the other way towards <laughs> the the port. Mm. It was a different wolf with a shoulder. Yeah, this <laughs> different one named Frostrock, also involved in the bandits. <laughs> yeah, weird Sherman twin brother. <laughs> um, for me, um. Seth and Tim are very different uh, GMs. Like, Seth is very go with the flow. He's very good at improving his way through stuff, while Tim made a really well-done world, which I really liked. Like, he had answered everything. We'd have a question. He'd have, like, a thing ready for us for that. Like, all these different, like, chapters and all that stuff. He just had a different answer for everything that we would want to know about the world. Yeah. A lot of that comes from, like, for me, a lot of that came from I've only run home games, and a lot of them are in worlds that I've just made up, and mm-hmm. so and that's that, and that's what I like is just like doing that. But I I also like the world building aspect of it. Like, ooh, what are the religions of this world? What are the you know different ways that the societies interact? What are the different levels of that? And so that's uh, it's a lot of fun for me to just like plan that out. I'm a nerd like that. Yeah, kind of like that too. Yeah, I like to world build too. Yeah, yeah, we've enjoyed the adventures so far. Looking forward to the next one, whatever it might be. Who could know? Who could know? Mm. Oh man! Oh well, we have another caller on line two. Yeah, line two, caller. What is your question? Hello, Seth. Over the first two adventures, you have had several instances of some really. Rolling really poorly in in skills your character is supposed to be really talented in. How has you have a player handle that as you're likely seething with frustration? Hmm. Great, great question. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever rolled so terribly until this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I have been in other games and I've not been a bad roller. In this one, it <clears throat> it truly is like bad rolls. It's it's not like low rolls. It's bad rolls. I have that same curse. It's that's, just called bad yeah. rolls. Just bad rolls. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Your dice just have performance anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think um, I've learned when I first started playing, you know, I, I made the mistake of just, like, wanting to create the best character or but that. But as I've played more, I've really tried to embrace the faults and the mistakes because that's what really kind of flushes out a character and shows another side of them. And so... The same thing with the rules. As frustrating as it is, and you can <laughs> you can hear it, especially in Rattlestead, I think, just because the, they were so bad in Rattlestead. It was off. I mean, well, it was because it was always the time when you're trying to do like the I'm going to be like try to make a bunch of money. And <laughs> nope. Yeah, truly, I created that character not meant to be bad at gambling. <laughs> he was just never good at it. And then I think by the third episode, it's like I give up. He's just going to be a bad, <laughs> bad gambler. Like, this is just the way it's going to be. And really just bad with money because you had that, that scene with the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the cow. cow. He's like, he <laughs> sold it for less than what you would have got. I mean, that was on purpose. <laughs> well, yeah, but. but yes, still, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, tr- I truly embraced it. Although I do feel like um, Quill sort of redeemed himself a little bit with some of the shooting mm-hmm. um, until it was like major. It, it, what major plot points? No, I could not hit anything. <laughs> Just shooting a random hedgehog and pigeon on a watchtower? Yeah, no, I could demolish them and turn them into fluff balls. Right? So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, as a as a player, I just tried to embrace it. Yeah. Hey, why don't you roll an insight check? An insight check right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. natural one. There you go again. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. Try to embrace it. Try to accept it as a story plot hole plot you know yeah change yeah. your character line four is lighting up looks like yeah i don't want line four. Oh, line okay. seven okay line seven <laughs> perfect uh caller on line seven what, what do you have for us here yeah oh, this is for uh for seth mm. what, what uh sorry which one? Oh, uh seth g oh okay thank okay. you did you uh write the songs you sing as otis and are you singing it live for the podcast slash everyone else, or did you record it beforehand? Yes. So those are both original songs that I wrote. I wrote both of those. Uh, the first one that I sang at my character introduction, that what you hear on the recording was the first time I ever sung that song. <laughs> yep. And also probably the last time I ever sung that song. <laughs> So none of them had any idea what it was going to be about. <laughs> yeah. yep. I just yeah. said, uh, I wrote, I came up with this song. It's kind of funny. I think it'd be a nice tone shift to introduce my character. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was and great. I loved it. So when they're laughing at the end, that's just, that was the reaction. Yeah. It was one take. <laughs> it was, yep. The second one, we meant to record live, but forgot to bring a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> I uh, claim partial responsibility for that. <laughs> But uh, so Tim and I recorded that at work and uh, yeah. put that in later. So yeah. when we act- in that episode where it plays, no one other than Tim had actually heard it at that point. Yeah, correct. We I don't think anybody heard it until it released, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You Bert- had the like he gave you the general gist of what the song was about. But, yeah. 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 So Bertram's response was like, wow, that was so beautiful. <laughs> For all Bertram knew, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a whole screamo song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was so beautiful. And it brought me to tears because my ears are burst. <laughs> In all fairness, Birch is barbarian, so I feel like that actually would be on par with yeah. it, though. But. Would have been perfect. <laughs> nice. Well, they were great. Thank great you. Great songs. Good stuff. Well, can we expect more songs in the future? 
I don't know. Depends on the character. Okay. It's not going to be a every character has a song. I don't know. Every character I play is a bard. <laughs> just, just that's naturally. how it ends up yeah yeah they all do stuff for the story yeah all right all right should we go back to line four i mean they've been on holes for a while yeah uh, now let's do line three all right line three <laughs> what story plans had to immediately change because of a failed role well thanks uh thanks for that call we're uh i hate this i hate this. I, I don't want to be i don't want to be the guy that answers it and then says thank you yourself <laughs> No, this is awful. <laughs> Hello, no, this is great. No, no, really, it is great. <laughs> That's how it feels like when you're like, oh, I'm eavesdropping on the conversation. Either eavesdropping on the conversation. Yeah. As a, and then the GM, the GM. has to like, come up with a, a conversation with themselves. Uh, well. I hate that. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> you kind of on one of them when you, like with Truman, you said that like he was supposed to be a really good gambler. Yeah. But then you started rolling really bad and then it just turned, turned out yeah. to be a bad gambler. Yeah. So that's kind of one. Yeah. Story plan change. Yeah. There's some other ones in Rattlestead that got cut <laughs> <laughs> that we decided to just should not see the light of day. Yeah. So. Couple things we there. also there, – there's also a – I think episode six in Rattlestead when we're going into this um, to see uh, – the River Dad. Oh yeah, yeah. In time stops. Yeah, yeah. River yeah. Dad. That was. It was a question of how brutal do we want to be in right. this show? Yeah. Because there was the scenario of the guards holding Galpin. Mm-hmm. The way that we approached it the first time was not as simple as pulling the arms apart. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. A little bit more violent. Little, it was funny, it, but then I think like three minutes later, we are like, we should re-record that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> so. quite the tone we want to have. Yeah. Then I kind of actually had a similar moment with Bertram as well, too, in the season finale where it was more like when the snake, when I was getting rid of the snake that was wrapped around me, I was like, started describing it. And I thought, I think barbarian thoughts, but this is too, too, <laughs> too brutal. <barbarian>. Or... <laughs> yep. But, but in that situation, like it was a snake and not yeah. another person it, yeah. and it was like an ash snake yeah so because some th- things from different planes you know <laughs> they don't count <laughs> i'm trying to think That's of plainness. failed roles <laughs> and how they changed the story though i'm not picking it oh just did not fail a lot of roles no he did not Otis was just insane well he did it. reading the diary that's true that's true you failed oh, your insight roles yeah yep. on that. yeah every single time yeah not the it, end it didn't necessarily change the story in in Maplewood. It more like Emphasize, made the yeah. story go longer. Like it drew out some more plot points. I think at the end of Maplewood, like when we were taking down the machines and everybody was failing, <laughs> uh, I think that kind of changed how I was thinking about it. To see, okay, this is actually like every turn that we're failing, bigger and worse monsters are coming. Yep, and so that kind of made me think sideways about how can I approach this differently instead of just trying to brute force it. Those are the things that I love to implement into like things. I don't always do it like the right way, but it's like making like, here's a situation you can brute force it. You can come at it and it might take a while, but you can do it. But then there's also like, it leaves avenues for like side side things to open up. And because you weren't planning on us going into the matrix plugging in were you no no i wasn't planning on on you trying to get inside uh hasselpaw's head or the aspect's head at all but that was that was brilliant like i loved that is probably my favorite uh part of maplewood now is like 
that final combat and the unique like situation you took with that it was great. Figure out, figure, I had to figure out how to get my plus nine persuasion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Play to your strengths. DMs will let you do it. All right. That's awesome. All right. Uh, I think we got time for a couple more questions here. Line four, I think, is actually open up now. Let's just do it. Line four. Line why don't you? Hello, it's Forbes. Oh, Forbes. <laughs> uh, welcome, well, welcome back. No, not today. Thank you. <laughs> do you have a question for us? Tuesday at eight. Do you have a question? Tuesday at eight. Tuesday at eight. Tuesday at eight, yes. No, ape. Ape. Like A-P-E. It's Forbes. <laughs> uh, all right we're gonna hang oh, great okay thanks moving. for calling uh line four yep uh we'll not take line we're yeah. not taking line four anymore okay, okay. uh line <laughs> oh wow we have 100 lines here line 100 <laughs> line 100 what do you have for us caller hi this is jerry aka sugar spice i was just wondering <laughs> wow oh my gosh wow your music i haven't hi. heard that in a while <laughs> Hey. You listen to us. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm one of the Spice Girls. I'm just wondering, who do you think brings the most spice to the group? Oh. Sugar <laughs> Wow. I was not expecting that caller or question. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I, you know, <laughs> hands down has got to be Nathan. Oh, you know? Nathan. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had so much spice. <laughs> spice. How do you measure spice? <laughs> you measure, you measure spice in the amount of stuff that gets cut, like that we laugh at from that person. So, well, uh, nice. <laughs> so, so okay. So if we go by season, so if we go by season, season one would be me. Season two, you, probably you. <laughs> Yeah. Our recordings of tonight. Me. Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that gets cut that's just stupid and I yeah, I mean we've we, we talked about it um off off mic. We episode episode nine was a brutal episode. Geschlaug. It was a, I think I think it was originally two hours long. I think the final was about 53. Hours? Uh, Whoa. Yeah, well, yeah, I added a lot of fire sounds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that that just had a lot. I know we got off the topic of the spice thing, but <laughs> of just, you know, what we decided to cut. But that had mm. a lot of moments that were funny. But as a as a podcast, we try to keep it around an hour if we can. Mm-hmm. And two hours, was it would have just been hard. And. That particular yeah. episode would have been difficult to do a two-parter in. It was just – there's a lot of extra things that weren't adding to the story and yeah. they weren't necessarily adding to the listening experience either. So it just – Right. They're funny for us, but sometimes that's where it stops. <laughs> one of these days there will be a, a – I am starting to keep more of the bloopers, things that mm-hmm. were funny that we want to play. Yeah. Some of them probably will never be released on the public stream, but if we ever have like a private <laughs> – a private uh, and a feed we yeah. might we might release those just yeah. uh, thing things that we accidentally say that aren't intended but ended up not sounding <laughs> the greatest for everybody to hear right so. that's that's the beauty of uh recording this beforehand is yeah <laughs> so oh. we can like i don't know if we could do live recordings <laughs> <No. gasps> all right let's bring it down to uh, double digits uh color 10 color 10 
What you got for us, Caller 10? Hello, my name is Bob. Um, I'm brother of Bob. Uh, <laughs> what was the smoke inhalation mechanic that we didn't see in episode 9? So how did you get my phone? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, hanging up. <laughs> Zorb actually uh, had a good question. Zorb, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this now, <laughs> Zorb, if you're listening to this now, you can call back, but we prefer it if your brother did not. <laughs> did not. All right, yeah, so I guess, Tim, what was that mechanic? Yeah, let me uh, pull that up, actually. I've got to go back in my notes and and uh see because i don't know does anybody remember who rolled that i think i did I, yeah no, um or no or we all succeeded i think feel like in every we we some of us succeeded but there was times where we failed but you're like it was a adding up feature or something, yeah right so pretty much uh it was the heavy smoke um if you fail it once nothing really happens but if you failed it twice even if it was like uh rounds apart um, you were basically incapacitated for that round, that the rest of that whole round. And so it's basically spent hacking up a lung, like coughing, being disoriented because you were in this deep smoke thing. So you essentially lost a round and then started your next round. Like you just didn't make any progression forward. Let's so. pad out the episode even further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the idea behind that. Oh, we got a new caller on call on line three. Uh, caller three, what do you have for us? Hey, this is totally not Nathan calling in. <laughs> but, uh, so I was. Hey, where'd, Na- where'd Nathan go, guys? <laughs> so it's I was kind of wondering, like, there's a moment in the, the final episode of the season that, like, everyone had a chance to talk about, like, give a bit of their backstory, except for Nathan. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, Did so... I really skip you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you realize that? <laughs> oh, you didn't re- we all looked at each other like, what just happened? Because so we all had no. we all had failed roles. We all had failed roles, and and it was and, the time like the time would have been my turn. Yeah, I was unconscious. Like oh. I had gone, like I'd been knocked unconscious. At and that so we're point. all like, oh, no. Bertram, Bertram's memory is going to happen, and all of a sudden you're like, and Clover. What do you do here? Because oh, like, no. like you even said, or you said something about like the it's a little bit different this time. And I was thinking, oh, it's because it's coming from a guy who's unconscious, and like because we're going into the actual like the backstory. Like we went into. Uh, I am like, so sorry. Back, <laughs> so I just laugh because it's like all this time you're giving me crap about not speaking up, and then it's like, oh, finally a chance to speak. Shut down. And I completely <laughs> just. Uh... So what were you going to dream about? I don't know. <laughs> well, then maybe it was a win-win for us. <laughs> I'm out. Thanks, guys. It's been like, fun. <laughs> I had something at the moment, but I can't think of what it was. <laughs> it's been well. Yeah, it was. It was so uh, funny because, like, we all like looked at Nathan except for Tim, and Tim's like, "And we're out. We're gonna do something different." Clover <laughs> and Nathan and I looked at each other like, like "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh my goodness! I I totally thought that you were aware of it. And that you were going to come back to him, and then no, we never no, did. No, that was. Uh, I'm so sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I feel really bad now. Reporter, right now. Uh, yeah, it's all good. It, it made me laugh, in all honesty, <laughs> the fact that it happened, and then and the Bertram. fact that it was and Bertram. And Bertram. Bertram. Which I think that's a bit why there was kind of that response. Well, uh, well, I for a second I did think, oh, Tim's just doing this because of the and Bertram. Nope, nope, it wasn't a bit. I got to be honest, it, I was really nervous about that finale yeah, <laughs> coming into it. That's fair, but I feel like it worked out. It yeah. did. I liked it. it. Did. I was yeah. really satisfied with it. I wasn't. It 
It was good that we yeah, cut it in the it two parts. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Jean to die. <laughs> <laughs> he tried very hard to get Jean to die. So, yeah, okay, so if you're listening to this, you get a sneak peek. So there was a part where I I had to cut as the editor because John wanted to sacrifice himself, and it was it was working fine. I was very upset with it for a while, and I was like, no, no, if it's going to happen. But then you decided that it wasn't in John's character, like in that moment, because of the it was a throwing thing. And yeah. I, I tried to keep it. Um, I tried to split up some words, but it, we never brought it back to a point that I could have like connected that. So I had to cut up that whole section in order for the story to continue. Yeah. And, I, I was disappointed by that. And, and here's something that um, as a, like not, not only just as a GM of a podcast, but also just like in a regular GM, like uh, for a home game, if you want something to, if you don't want something to fail, no matter what, or if the stakes are too high for that thing to fail, don't make it a role. And so just, just narratively, describe it most of the time like players are fine with that and it's it's a fine thing to just be like and then this starts to happen and we um, don't even realize that it was a choice because you right. didn't make it a make right. it a choice you don't yeah. you don't make it a choice because because then it's like with with the role i was like as soon as i implemented that i was like oh, shouldn't have done that because now it's now there's a chance of failure and what would happen if failure happened well well, yeah. I think, you know, being the guy that listened to it about 50 times in the <laughs> editing room, it, it was less about him dying. It was more about we all kind of were like, that doesn't feel like that's what would happen because mm-hmm. you were trying to throw something. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's literally like 20 feet wide and you're five feet away from it. Why would you jump in? Because you were worried about missing. And so that's that John was, is not good at throwing. Yeah, <laughs> I think he did fail the role. I did fail. Got a very mediocre role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Calling for you, calling for a role. Like if you call for a role, both success and failure need to be viable mm-hmm. and need to be interesting. Right. Otherwise, there's mm-hmm. no point in having a role. Right. And but not interesting to the point of like because it would have been very interesting for it to fail. It wouldn't have helped the story at all. Like, and, and that's what's different between, I think, DMing on a podcast and DMing in a home game. Because in a home game, you can just do whatever and solve it later. Like, that's <laughs> totally fine. But in a podcast, especially with our short form, like, 10 episodes trying to keep a, a story going, it needs to be a little bit different. Yeah. So, which is something I learned. And I am... A better DM because of it. Sure. I guess that kind of relates to uh, that's the kind of the GM GM one. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say um, I missed this call earlier, so it was like a, a oh, transcript. Did someone, did someone leave you a voicemail? Someone left me a voicemail. Oh, did the pigeon come in? Yeah, the pigeon came but in. Nice. And did that. Um, and what question was that? That was uh, for people who aren't GMs uh, and who want to grow into that. What advice could you or would you give them to help them be prepared and confident? to do so it's hard to be prepared (laughs) like just being honest um because depending on the the players it could go any number of ways like there were quite a few times where i had a lot of things prepared that we didn't get to and didn't even like 
include then in the story because the players decided to take it in a different direction. Um, like going into the swamp first. Uh, that was instead of going up to um, Winnowing Reach. Winnowing Reach. I had Winnowing Reach stuff prepared and a little bit of stuff in the swamp. And then decided the, the party was like, yeah, we're just going to go to the swamp and try and get this this hideout. I was like, perfect. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the swamp. Let's do it. Let's find out what's in the swamp. I'm curious too. <laughs> but one of the best things I think advice I can give you is make it fun for everyone, even yourself. Like it's you're a player at the table too. And if, if you're not having fun as a GM, then it's not a game worth having because if, if, if you're only you know looking for the players to to have fun at the expense of what you think is fun then it's you know and vice versa too i think my advice for someone looking to gm and there are different there are different kinds of people that run games mm-hmm. like some people really like buying like modules or adventure paths or whatever I've never done one of those in my life. I don't think I would. <laughs> it's not as much up my alley mm-hmm. having all that stuff prepared by somebody else. But the way I think about it is um, don't over-prepare. Because mm-hmm. my philosophy is nothing matters until the players interact with it. So if you plan out a continent with 45 kingdoms on it, if you're doing that for yourself, great. That's fun. That, mm-hmm. that can be perfect. That's perfectly fine. But it doesn't matter in the game until the players interact with it. Mm-hmm. So you can take it one bite at a time. And so if you're looking to start and not sure how to do it, I, I, I'd take a one, two, three step. Plan one location. Just start with one scenario, one adventure. You're going to plan one location with two interesting PCs and three things in the way from stopping the players from getting their goal. One place, two interesting PCs, three things that are opposing them. Just do that and you'll get an adventure. And I think in terms, I I feel like the hardest part of starting to GM is literally starting talking at the beginning of an adventure. Yeah. It's. (laughs) Oh, it's so difficult. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Unless, like, unless you've got a group that's played together quite a bit Mm -hmm. and has in-character connections. But if it's not in-character connections, it's really hard to get them to. Yeah. Like for us, we have a tagline that we get to say when we start recording. And it's a nice switch mm. to switch it on and then be in that mode. If we say it right. <laughs> so Hey, don't look at me with that. I was trying to keep everything <laughs> just like no, fun think... and exciting. The stories may change. Here's the space. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me, I think. What I, what oh, I, no, I was looking at Tim. What I, think, what I think would make you feel more confident in starting off, if you've never done this before, is to write out one paragraph worth of stuff. You're going to write out one paragraph of description, and then you're going to memorize it. Memorize that one paragraph so that you can get at the table. You're not looking at the paper, but you're going to quote this thing verbatim that you've memorized. And then you might have a couple bullet points that you want to hit on a little less planned out but then as quickly as possible within the first couple of minutes you want to say what do you do and you want to turn over responsibility to the players so don't over prepare get to the action that's how i think about it i I think the other biggest key point is find the system that makes sense to you yeah you do not have to know every rule in a system the system just needs to make sense to you yeah like D&D 5e doesn't make sense to me. So it's really difficult for me to run. 
but something I've been reading Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and the foundation of everything is very consistent, and it makes sense to me. So even though there's way more specific rules and way more specific things written out, even if I don't know them all, I can quickly understand how they work because I understand the foundation. Me, as a person who does like to prepare for some of this stuff, like kind of terrifies me to be like, one location? But what if they want to go to a different location? What's, what's that going to be like? So you worry I, about that after the first adventure. <laughs> yeah. Get, getting started, that'd be, that'd be really good. This is where, this is some of the advice that I've always heard too, actually, is that sometimes when a DM is asking for a bathroom break, it's not just for a bathroom break. <laughs> it is that way they can actually take the time to be like, all right, they're doing this. They just threw this wrench in my plans. I was really expecting them to go here, do this. But yeah. they're actually doing this now. I just need like five minutes to just kind of recollect my thoughts mm-hmm. and do something. So like, sorry, guys, I need to go to the bathroom really quick. Like does, it could be something <laughs> as casual as that or like, yeah. you know, let's take a little bit of a break here while I figure things out. And like, it's messed up my plans. I got to go to the bathroom now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've only DM'd or uh, GM'd one shots. And we did a Halloween one one time, and there was – I did a module because I've never done anything, so I just tried it. It was a, just a one-shot, and I can't remember who, who it was. But there was a trap, and I was like, they're not going to do that. Like, it's very obviously a trap. Like, it's going to it's gonna be, like, such a dumb thing if they do it. And then someone did it, and I didn't even prepare for it. But then I, – I, I think, Tim, I think you were part of that one. Mm-hmm. Like, they – so no, it was you. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was went, you. Yeah, you was jumped you. through. <laughs> jumped through. Uh, like there was like rooms, and you jumped through a room selfishly. Oh And yeah. everybody stayed behind, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like there's a time difference. Like there's a time flux, mm-hmm. and so with him going, so many things are going to happen before the other players even get there. Yeah. And yeah, so I I called for a bathroom break in yeah. that moment. Yeah. So. One thing that I feel like don't really hear as many like podcasts talk about just because the like it's very different i feel like for a podcast dming experience as it does more just a home game dming experience is like it it always helps too to like have maybe in part of a zero session where like we were talking out characters and explaining the world perhaps that you're going to be doing stuff in Mm -hmm. helping people come up with backstory it always helps to also to just like ask the players like why do you want to play this like are you in are you into D&D or are you into this game for the role play? Or are you into more like, do you not really care about role play much at all? You just want to do like the the combat side of things. Like, I want to fight things. I want to loot things. I want to collect all of the stuff. I want, I want, I want to, f- to be the epic hero that does the, the like, stuff. Don't and... want to be the epic hero who does the stuff. Don't want to make as much money as I can. Like mm-hmm. these, like hoard all the things. Do I want to just kill all the people? <laughs> that I or come do you want to have a or... nitty gritty business that's running, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like, because yeah. that is a thing that I found that, like, I, per- like, and as, it's, it's something that may just come with experience, too, as you're doing it, but you may learn there are certain things that you care more about as a, I, I guess, as a GM as well as a player that, like, maybe perhaps other people don't really care as much about. So, right. like, like I'm more, kind of care more on the role play side of things. So, I think podcasts, you don't really have to worry about as much because that is the intent <laughs> yeah but there are some times where it's like the oh yeah like you can like players like all the players like if they can can make an argument or like kind of try to talk to the shopkeep and like try to weasel down a price oh yeah give me a persuasion check see if he reduces the price for you or if he'll throw, give you a bundle or give you mm. a deal on the thing like you can buy a thing at face value or you do that which can lead to shopping sessions not just a shopping moment <laughs> in mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. it can be kind of a detriment at some times but yeah 
it's sometimes it's just learn the crowd you're with too and learn what they like and learn what you like to do and maybe kind of if you there are things that's like the oh i kind of more lean on this like don't be afraid to let that speak up about that too yeah and like any skill you just you only get better by doing it Mm -hmm. you can plan and prep for years and if you never do it you're not going to actually develop the skill yeah it's like you're not gonna hit a and your first time is gonna be probably a little rough like you're not gonna write a masterpiece the first time you pick up a pen and you're not gonna hit a home run the first time you pick up a bat i don't know i did (laughs) just kidding i think i think my first game that i ran in savage worlds lasted about three sessions (laughs) it was like five i think maybe it was i don't remember and uh, they and of course the super cool npc i'd created with blue hair and hook swords immediately got executed (laughs) (laughs) i think that one other thing for just starting out if you're just floundering about what to what to do like think of something that you like so the first time that i actually gm'd was uh an adventures in middle earth uh thing that some some friends we got together and gm'd that and i liked it because it was i love the lord of the rings universe i love uh, Tolkien stuff and all that and so it was already something that I was semi-familiar with and so it kind of got in in that way and so it was great Kyle you wrote that all that down because we got a pigeon who's waiting for that answer so right? yep. oh yes yep got it right here perfect, perfect. whoop there it goes bye bye <laughs> and it just got caught by a hog well oh, okay. moving on <laughs> <laughs> all right last uh, last question. Caller, caller one. Best caller ever. All right, so caller one. Uh, who do we have here? It's Forb. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> based, uh, Did you change your number, Forb? Has, has questions for him. You actually have a question for us? No, question for him. Help oh, you want us to ask you a question? Forb, hurt me. Help me. Nope. There's both of them on. Oh, oh no. Florb, do you have a question? It's for Is uh, Florb human? practice what what <laughs> is your e- most <laughs> epic e- thing UUV <laughs> what is happening e- you've done <laughs> what did you say what <laughs> doing doing fun in campaign or or regret, or regretted, regretted. Okay, regretted. thank you, Th- thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yes, we no, got it. All right, who's that? It. All right. So uh, I, I, I do have a Forbid translator. I googled it. Oh, and so um, ChatGPT. Yeah, ChatGPT pulled it up. Um, oh, I didn't know they. I think they said, uh, "What is the most epic thing you've done That's in the campaign, or you've regretted?" Yeah. That's what it, I thought. That was very clear. I thought That's that, what it, I, 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 I got it. That. Yeah. yeah, it was. Perfect. I don't understand it. Yeah, I was ready to pull my tattoo. It says no regrets. <laughs> I in a in a campaign. So the same uh, adventures in Middle Earth thing. We had Seth and I actually did this, and I still love it. We did a mass uh, combat yeah. with orcs and dwarves, or goblins and dwarves, or something like that, using like um, grisk pieces. And so each one, but it was lo- pretty heavily based on the mechanics of D and D combat, and so, but it was on a big scale, and uh, I really, really liked that. That did, was a lot of fun. Did you see that they just broke the world record with that? Did they? 
It was like 2,000 people playing in one thing. So it was tables awesome. with like hundreds of game masters running a, a table. Mm-hmm. And then they there were a bunch of runners that were reporting everything back to like a central hub that was managing the combat. Oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> they That's had like twice awesome. as many people as they expected. Yeah. It was yeah. like in a mall. It was awesome. That's sweet. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, this was definitely just like a big mat on the thing. Yeah. And our heroes were like able, they had special actions that they could take to either, uh, yeah, help or hinder the enemy or something like that. Super fun. I think probably my most epic thing that I've done, it was probably the very first thing ever I did in a, <laughs> in my first ever time into, I guess, technically it was my second time trying tabletop games because I was invited one time, but then I was supposed to be an NBC, but I kind of took a lot longer to get to that point <laughs> than it actually planned to be, and I ended up not actually even playing as that. That bo- I think it was like a boss or something that, that was supposed to be in that campaign, but oh well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then the first time was actually the game Seth mentioned just a little bit ago with the blue-haired guy who with the hook swords. That was actually my character's like closest friend. <laughs> we were attacking. Like it was kind of an interesting thing setup too of like starting off the campaign with like player versus player combat to an extent because like basically i was part of a faction that we were attacking this other restaurant and i was just like and you're just like what do you want to do i like i was the very first one initiative i think too and i was like i like what do you want to do it's like what can i do (laughs) like i'm just looking at all the stuff i'm like this is so new to me what do i do and like i like i we kind of just settle on things like yeah i want to flip a table like all right roll to do it like savage worlds it's a system where you can actually like roll the maximum of the dice it explodes and you do even stronger stuff and so like i rolled a what was it like 18 or something like that like i rolled something high on it and (laughs) so it's like i flipped the table so hard that it exploded when it hit the ground and i was like (laughs) awesome this is what tabletop games are about sweet let's do it that was also the the first time samira was present mm. kyle's character was on a date with her i do not remember that but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> my my most epic thing that I can think of is not necessarily like your cinematic epic moment, but the Adventures of Middle Earth. There was um uh there was two there was another character that we had who was like the sweetest little like Hobbit like just really a, like was just like a mother figure. Yes. Um, who was played by Travis and and I was this not an idiotic guy but just like not just not intelligent mm-hmm. um and just kind of like to the point like just didn't read people he wasn't emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and there was a moment where there was a guy who was a bad guy we tied him up and he had, i think he got cut loose and we mm-hmm. released him <clears throat> the hobbit person was a pa- uh, Travis's character was a pacifist was like would mm-hmm. not hurt anybody and like like took like these damaging points if mm-hmm. like we did something quote unquote evil mm-hmm. and so she was like we cannot kill him like he's gonna like we're just gonna tie him up we're gonna sleep tonight then we'll let him loose tomorrow and then we'll run away and i think another character and i were on watch and the other character walked up and like killed him and then disposed of the body and i was there i did not do anything but when we woke up travis's character challenged me of like what mm-hmm. did you do and I was like, well, he died. And Travis obviously was in the room when it happened, so we were just playing out. It was, like, truly, like, I think the first moment that I was able to do conflict, like, Mm -hmm. role-play conflict with somebody and do it well. 
And for the next like couple sessions, there was this tension. Yeah. Of how how our characters were going because it my character was like I didn't lie, I didn't do anything bad, mm-hmm. and my character was so bad at explaining it mm-hmm. that she thought that I was. Like, I had broke a promise and done something evil and killed somebody and was lying. Like, all these things. And then at one point, it, like, she asked one very pointed question. And I was like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't kill her. Like, he did. And and she's like, why didn't you say that, like, days ago? (laughs) And, yeah, I think that I remember, like, going home to my wife and just telling her that and. She was like, I don't understand why you're so excited <laughs> about this moment. Yeah. I was like, because I had conflict in a game. It was great. And it wasn't like me mad at the player. It was me yeah. mad at the ca- – you know. And so, yeah, it was just – yeah, it was really – Me mad at the character that I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was – yeah, it was really fun to – just a switch kind of went off in my head of like yeah. that's how to role play a little bit. So, Well, our lines are empty. Well, Kyle needs to answer the epic thing. Hey. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> Tim's great at people. And then I don't think Seth's answered no, either. answered it either. Um, <laughs> I... <Take> a <laughs> think my most epic moment is probably just a character I made, which is Perk Yordjem. Perk, 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 Who perk, just, like, perk. in general, we, we, that was our probably the longest campaign I've ever done. Yeah. And just his growth as a character to, like, the to what he ends up being. Of He, he was basically this, like, young, brash, always fighting idiotic character and it just he became this like this representation of a god basically in the final like moments of our campaign basically yeah i love perk perks they're great perks probably my favorite character of yours i just love perk (laughs) (laughs) um i i think one of my favorite epic things that i've done was uh in the same game the perk was in a tournament arc it was just it was a blast. Uh, it was so much fun for me to set up. I was running that game, so I I had I got to create these five other teams with NPCs with conflicting goals and ideas. It was it was a lot more intricate than I sometimes run stuff. And yeah, we had different games and combat. It was it took several sessions. That was that was my that was fun. One of my favorite perk moments was from there as well. <laughs> One of my favorite perk moments is from there too. When I one shot a guy almost. <laughs> Who was not supposed to be able to be one shot? <laughs> well, thank you, callers, for everybody. I believe we we got a question from Zach, Alex, um, Tobias, Bree, Joe, Buck, um, and then some two very fun aliens. They were definitely an interesting and a pigeon, I guess. But a pigeon. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We had a great season of Maplewood. We'll see you guys in one to two weeks with mm-hmm. our next season, or at least just a, a sneak peek of that. Um, yeah. If you have more questions about what we do, we're going to try to keep doing some of these warranty things. So if you have questions, just keep sending them. We'll get to them eventually. That's right. Yeah. That's guaranteed. That is guaranteed. Guaranteed adventure. Go have your <laughs> go have your adventure of your own. Boop. So who do you suppose that person pretending to be Nathan was? <laughs> <laughs>